Hi, I'm Van Stratum from Gnosko Ministries. Thank you for inviting us into your home and into your life. So today, I just want to hand out some fish and some loaves of bread for those that are still hungry and want to see the Lord still move in miracles and wonders as He did before. May this teaching help you and make you fall in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. Also, please, if you can click on the subscribe button and the like button and you will see a bell icon. If you can click on that, that will really help us in, in sharing this message. And you will be notified when a new video is uploaded. And by doing this, you not only help us share the gospel, but you actively help us by making this message more visible on the platform. And by doing that, more people can interact and, and listen to the teachings that we upload. So join me now as we go into the Word of God. Thank you. We're going to continue where we ended last week. And I just want to share something in that regard this morning still to end it off. To be born again and what it actually means in the scripture not what we do to get born again what the scripture says what happens with you when you get born again last week we spoke about what does it mean in the scripture what does it say to be born again i said to you when it speaks about the seed that we receive the bible says we receive a seed that seed is actually a male sperm we get impregnated the moment you Choose Jesus to be your Savior. Not, nothing to do with baptism of the Holy Spirit. That comes uh, and is part of it. But this is a specific thing that happens. You get impregnated like Maria, Mary. God impregnated uh, through the Holy Spirit. You get impregnated through the Holy Spirit. And Christ comes and dwells in you. And you impregnated the same person that Mary was impregnated Jesus Christ and he comes and stays inside of you his spirit not the person his spirit the person is on the right hand of the father his spirit never left planet earth all right it's important to know that so we want to continue on that and I want to touch on some stuff there and then I want to bring it all together the moment you get saved you get born again you get born out of him I don't think we understand 5% yet of what the cross actually did that day. What happened at the cross. We are just stuck with, you know, he died for our sins. And he was, there's so much that happened at that place in that day. And it's, it's awesome to see how the Lord is opening it up more and more in these days we are living to get an understanding of what the cross actually physically meant through his eyes. And why he did what he did there. So, I've got your question. What is, this, what is discipleship? What is discipleship? I said there, it is to love a person and to become one with him. So that he can live his life in and through us. His life, Jesus' life, no? not yours. Jesus' life. It means you've got to love somebody so much. What does love look like? Sometimes it's good. Sometimes we fight. Sometimes we laugh. Sometimes we cry. That's love, isn't it? It's not all just good. If you have that, then please give me some of that. Because I haven't seen that yet. Love means you fight, you grow. You listen, you learn, you stand up, you get up, you learn. That's discipleship. That's why we don't see discipleship in the outside much, because nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to love on one another. It's too much work. Because if you've raised disciples, you will know it's a lot of work to disciple somebody. It's not a, a quick thing. It takes years. Jesus took three, over three years to do that. You're going to take longer, because you're not Jesus yet. It is to love a person and become one with him. Alright? That is relationship and not religion. Religion is just telling people about discipleship. Nobody does anything. They just go through a 10-step course, do the things, but they never walk it out. Whatever you are taught, 
whether it is discipleship, whether it's to be a brother or sister in the, in the, in the body, whether it's to be a prophet, an apostle, or whatever you want to be in the body, you need to be taught that, and then you have to walk it out. If you don't walk it out, it doesn't mean anything. If you've got problems in your family, in your marriage, I can give you all the info, but you need to walk it out. Otherwise, you're not going to get victory over that thing, whatever the thing is. And it's the same with discipleship. It works exactly the same. That's why it's relational. It's not doctrinal. It's not about doctrines and stuff. It's about a relationship that you walk in. It's not about you, yourself. It's about God. Because unfortunately today, most people teach about man instead of about Jesus. You hear more about man on Sundays than you hear about Jesus on Sundays. Which is sad. It shows our society is moving in, in the wrong direction with all these things. That's why Paul said here in 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17, But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. When you get joined with the Lord, you are one spirit. When does that happen? When you get born again. This has got nothing to do with laying on of hands. This the Lord does automatically. He gives it to you for free. What does that mean? Your spirit and his spirit becomes one. It's like milk and coffee. If you mix the two, can you take the one out of the other? No. They become one. The day you get born again, when you receive the seed of him and you get impregnated, that's what it means. When you when you when a husband and a wife gets together in bed, does the baby only come later when laying on of hands? Or was the baby was she impregnated at the moment that evening in bed? There. It happens immediately when the sperm comes into the woman's womb. When the Lord's sperm, the Bible says, comes into you the moment you get saved. It's an immediate thing that happens. The Holy Spirit's in that person. You are impregnated with His Spirit. Laying of hands has got other stuff that it does. And the moment that happens, your spirit becomes awakened. And then the Holy Spirit can start working with your soul. That still needs a lot of TLC. Huh? You all look so holy this morning. Your soul and my soul needs a lot of TLC. Somebody's too, too strict. We cry and we run and we hide and we... But we need that. That's love. But we just want this tender love and care, this gentle stuff sometimes. But it doesn't always work that way. He does at least. All people are... This is such a difficult word for me. Where's the English people? Creatures of God. In Afrikaans we say, um, skipper. Um, skip. In English it sounds like creature. <laughs> like when I think of creatures, it sounds like bugs and stuff or stuff outside. Insects. Huh? Insects. <laughs> it sounds like that. But yeah. We all are creatures of God. That you must know. But we all are not children of God. Let the smoke start bubbling out of your head. You know what I'm saying? We all are creatures of God. We created by the Creator. But we all are not children of God. Some people teach that we are all children of God. It's a lie. You only become a child when you get born again. When you get impregnated, you become a child. When you understand that. Everybody outside is creatures of God. He, he decided how to make man and everything. But there's a difference with people walking outside that hasn't accepted him yet, hasn't been born again yet. He still wants them. They just haven't chosen him. So they're not children, part of the blood of the family yet. You understand that? That's a difference. That's why, otherwise why would you need to be born again? Why do we need that then? If we all are just children of God, everybody outside. Why must we be born again then? Then you can do whatever you want. 
You need to be born again because you need the seed of God to impregnate you with Christ. That's why you need to be born again. Otherwise you're just outside floating and yeah, the Holy Spirit's still there helping you but He's not in you. Alright. A creature can only become a child when you choose Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. 1 Peter 1.23 Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the Word of God, which lives and abideth forever. Alright? Being born again, not of corruptible seed, because God's not corrupt. We in the flesh have corruptible seed. That's why sometimes when our children get born, or some of us get born, there's defaults, problems in our bodies. Because Jesus, let me put it this way, Father didn't make your flesh that much, He made your spirit. That word in Genesis when He made us, it's your spirit He's speaking about, not your flesh. Mommy and Daddy made this. So you look like them. Alright, the older you get, the more you're going to look like them. Your spirit never goes, gets older, and it's perfect. Always perfect. Your flesh will have problems. This incorruptible seed that He talks about, who is that? The word, it's Jesus that he's talking about there. Huh? He's the incorruptible seed. 1 Peter 1, 24 verse 25. For all flesh is as grass. Those who have been with me long enough should know what should you be doing now? Asking questions. Why are we like grass? Right, I'm not going to go into detail of that stuff, but that should be the oldest students that's in the Bible school should immediately, the light should go on and say, why are we, does he see us as grass? What's he saying here? All right? And all the glory of man as the flower. The grass withers and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. Now, this gets taught in a lot of places. And so then they say, this word must have been something in the Bible. You know, they had a verse where they went to and it was preached to the people and you know, they got saved and stuff. You get a lot of people that, that tend to go that route when they, they read this. But remember, they had no Bible back then. They didn't have a Bible when this was said. They had no Bible. So, I said, yeah. What or who was this word they preached? Christ. That's what they preached. Not like we do today, when we preach stuff and say stuff and people's got to do this, otherwise they're not saved, or got to do that and they're not saved. They preach Christ, a person. That's a person. It's not a doctrine. They preach the person because you need to fall in love with this person so you can have a relationship with this person and not your beliefs that you have. But today people fight over their beliefs. It's funny, huh? We today in churches fight about our beliefs, but nobody knows this person that much. They know a lot about him. They can even quote the verses. But do they know him? Do they talk to him? Does he talk to them? That's something different, totally different. Today we think somebody that can quote a lot of verses knows Jesus very well, man of God. No, it doesn't. This means he can memorize a lot of stuff out of his Bible. doesn't mean he knows the person. You need to know the person, which is Christ. Now I'm going to say something radical that some of you might, might offend some of you in the way you were thought before, but hopefully the Holy Spirit can come and help you. So that thing can die in you that you believed before. But I said, we have made the Bible a God. I don't know how to pronounce this, but I went and looked it up. It's called Bibliolarity. Bibli Come English people. It's a word for that. It's Bible worship. It's Bible worship. It's the same as sorry, it's the same as Buddhism and all that stuff. If you do it that way. See? Bible, I'm talking about we made the Bible 
a God. We took the book and made it a God. Yes, we know the Bible is written through the Spirit. There's Spirit inside of it. But is the Bible the thing you worship? No. It's the person, the author you worship. And I know this cuts deep in some places when you say this. Because some of us become such good Bible scholars, we know the Bible, we don't know the person. Because if you don't understand how the Bible is written, why it's written the way it's written, you're worshipping a book. Even though you might think, you know, God breathed in this. You do not follow the scriptures and say, this is how I live. Nobody followed it that way ever. The scriptures take you to Him. But who's the one that guides you? Teaches you. The Bible? Is the Bible your teacher? So Jesus I'm going to send you a Bible. And he's going to be your teacher. No, the Holy Spirit. He will take you to the Bible. To show you the truth. But he needs to talk to you. They didn't have a Bible there. To say, listen, in Psalm 1, this, that, they said this and this, so you've got to do that. But today we have people that follow everything to the T in the Bible, but there's no spirit or life in that thing. That means nothing, it's death. The Bible says if you follow the letter, it's death. I'm sorry. If I'm shaking your religious cages in saying that, but we don't worship the Bible, we worship the person, the author of the Bible, because then the Bible can become alive in you. But if you just have the knowledge of the Bible, it means nothing. But when we know the author of the Bible, then we can say like they did here, the Word says. Because you know the Word, the person, Jesus Christ. Not the Bible, because they didn't talk about the Bible there. When you say, the Word says this and this, then you can say because you know the author. You've personally spoken to him. Not read a book about him. We don't want to think about these things. We just carry on and don't think about what we do. Now you can ask, Father, why do you see us as grass? Why flowers? Because you have a relationship with the person that wrote that stuff in your Bible. And now you can ask that person, why did you say things like this in the Word? So that I can understand what it is mean for me today in this year, that I can apply it. But why, why do we struggle with these things? Because we are still in the sinful world. We have struggles. There's not one of you that can say you had a good week all day, all, all night, whole week. We all had struggles this week. We all had issues this week that we worked through. It's never going to stop. It's never going to go away. It's just how you deal with it that will change. Come on, we all need a lot of work still. We still need a lot of TLC. None of us have arrived anywhere yet. You still get angry when the guy pushes his car in front of you when you are all at the, at the traffic light. You get worked up at the colleague at work that does something that you know is wrong. And you would do it differently. Huh? We all need, still need that stuff. Come, we, none of us are anywhere there yet. And luckily the Lord knows that. He's not looking at that stuff in that way that we sometimes do. Isaiah 40 verse 5. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. We know God's not a liar. Alright? Numbers 14.21 But as truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. All the earth all right, shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. He takes an oath on his life here. There's nothing higher that he can take an oath on. It's his life. He cannot lie and he chose his life to make this oath. But he says all flesh will. Why do the Lord save us then? Why do we need to get saved then? Born again. To go to heaven. <laughs> That's what most people preached for years and years and years. You must get saved so you can go to heaven. 
Huh? The last 50, 60 years, that was like the main topic of all evangelicals. Preach the people the hellfire, and then they will get saved. Because they've got to go to heaven. So they would just preach hellfire on the people, and then they, they go to heaven. That was their way of doing it for years. And it worked in some cases. It did work. But I mean, heaven is actually just an overflow of what you receive when you get born again. It's an automatic thing you get. You don't get saved to go to heaven. When you get saved, you will end up in heaven automatically. Isn't it true? You don't get saved to go there. There's no such verse in your Bible. Get saved to go to heaven. You will not find that in your Bible. And I mean, it's, it's a good reason they preached it, because the people were evil and they didn't want to listen, so they used fire and brimstone to get the people saved. And like I said, it worked places. But that's not what the Bible says. I rather think he saves us so that we can manifest Christ's life here on the earth. In George, America, where? Uganda, Brazil, wherever. Those people that are saved, aren't they supposed to bring Christ's life to the people? That's why he gets born again, saved. Not taking people to heaven. Because you want them to, in, to encounter the person. We spoke about it last week. You had an encounter when you got saved with a person. That day you fell on your knees or whatever. Somebody prayed for you and you got born again. Your religion says you had an encounter with a person. Other religions don't have an encounter with a person. They have encounters with a book or a set of rules that they need to apply. You, us, as Christians, we meet a person called Jesus when we get born again, which is totally different than any other religion. What causes us to struggle to manifest Him on this earth? Our flesh. Our flesh is sometimes a problem. That is why relationship is so important. If a man and wife, oh no, let's say two people meet one another, and there's something happening there. You know? Have you seen how they change to fit with that one? They will adjust things in their lives sometimes. When they really truly follow the like and start loving, falling in love with this person, they start changing things in their lives to fit. Huh? Come, those that have been married, you did that. So that the two can become one. You, you, why do you do that? Because you love that person. Nobody told you to do that. You just automatically know, I need to adjust this here and adjust this because I love that one and I want to please that one. Not me, I want to please that one. That's why I will do that automatically. But we sometimes struggle to do that with the Lord. Because we want Him to follow us sometimes, what we want to do. Our problems and our issues. But that's why relationships are important. Because if you realize this is a relationship, you would want to change your ways. Because you love Him. If you love Him, you will change your ways to suit Him. Because you love Him. That's what you do in the flesh. You're supposed to do that in the spirit too. But because we don't change our ways for Him, we have the constant struggle. And we struggle even more with the flesh. So when we know His voice... And he speaks to you. That's the moment when the grass withers and the flowers fall away. And what does he say? But the word of the Lord endureth forever. Forever. How do we deal with these problems of the grass and the flowers? That myself, the me, myself and I. How do we deal with that? We have intimacy with the Lord. Relationship. That takes it away. 
not reading your Bible, it can help. But it's about talking to the person, the author of the Bible. That helps you. He can take you to the Bible and show you stuff in the Bible, but you first need to talk to the person, not read your Bible. But talk to the one that's in love with you. Hebrews 12.2 Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's how much he loves you. He endured the cross. Look at that word. He endured. Man, that means a lot. Okay, despising the shame. He was not hanging on the, on the cross, you know, with a little white robe thingy around him or a little thing covering. He was naked, stripped off his flesh on the cross for you. He hardly had flesh left on him because of you and me. That's how he looked. That's why he was shamed. It's not like we see in the movies where they cover everything. He was hanging naked. Ripped to pieces. And guys, we all struggle. You struggle, I struggle. But we need to, to get to the place when we struggle. When the struggles come, that we, we shift our focus not on the struggles but on Him. That we seek Him in the struggles and not the stuff that we're struggling with. And man, we struggle with that. We all do. We all do, with good intentions, but we struggle. When your focus is not Jesus, everything is out of focus, unfortunately. The way you speak, the way you think, the way you act. I want him to be the center of your family, your marriage, your work. Things will be so much different in those areas. And we all need to work on that. There's none of us that's got that perfect. But we lost that. We lost the power of standing. We spoke about that last week. You know when I spoke about the power that you need to switch on the hairdryer when the electricity is off. Otherwise that hairdryer is a nice good tool to use but it's got no power so you can't use it. Like we sometimes do. There's a lot of potential, but it's not being used because we don't switch on the power. But today we've chose programs and entertainment instead of relationship. We, we rather want to run with those things. Acts 1.8 But you shall receive power after the, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall... He doesn't say you will receive the Holy Spirit, for those that are sharp enough to see what I'm saying here. He doesn't say you will receive the Holy Spirit... He says, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be witness unto me both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Guys, we need this to be switched on in our lives. I said, when you are born again, your spirit and his spirit becomes one. What do you do with that when that happens? Ah, just leave it. Yeah, just carry on. So Mark and so Do we do that? But we receive power. We can receive power. When we got that, with that comes power. But some of us just are happy with that. We don't want to use the power that that gives us. We need to switch on the power. We are living in a time that we know more of the Lord's plan than anybody before us. Have you thought of that? You know more than the previous generation about Jesus. We can hear more about Jesus than any generation before us. So why is he allowing that then? 
Why is every generation getting more of him and his plan than the previous one? Because at the moment we are, or we know, more than any generation before us. Think about it. But the, the big problem I see in Christianity today is our doctrines stay the same. Yeah, you know, the Lord doesn't change. No, He doesn't. But He speaks. He's alive. He still speaks and He tells us what to do. Uh, he did that with every generation before us, didn't He? From the beginning of the Bible till today, He spoke to every generation telling them what to do. Look at the revivals. All the stuff that happened the last years. 100, 200 years. Martha Luther. Where did that stuff happen? Why did it happen? Because he spoke it. And people listened. He's still speaking today. Is this generation listening? Because I'm sorry to tell you, the previous ones did listen. That's why we're sitting here today. They listened and obeyed and applied what they were told for their time. But you see, the problem is, do you think your 70, 80 years on the earth is so much time that the Lord's going to do everything in your time? No, it's not. Your 80 years on earth is a little speck of dust in His time. It's not going to happen everything in your time, but you play a huge role for that thing that's coming to take place in your time. But because we are, our minds are so small, we cannot think bigger than the Lord, how the Lord sees things. Because we think in our lifetime, this must happen. Oh, Jesus is going to come in our lifetime. Huh? Oh, Jesus is so bad. Jesus is going to go like Slechi Baita. It's evil outside. Jesus is coming soon. It's been said since the Bible. He's coming. Stop looking at when Jesus comes and ask him, what must I do? in my time like everybody before me had to do and have you noticed that everybody in each generation didn't do the same thing huh have you noticed that come think every generation before us did different stuff they did not copy and paste copy and paste copy and paste because the lord told them different things to do but do we what do we do oh martha luther said we saved by faith Okay, let's build a church around that, make it a doctrine, and we keep following that doctrine for the next 50, 60, 500 years. Huh? Is that not what we do? We got stuck. Oh, the outbreak of the Holy Spirit came. Revival came. Let's copy that, and we keep on copying and pasting, copying and pasting that. But it didn't happen before, but now when we saw it, now we're trying to copy and paste it, because it's going to stay the same. But funny, the generations before that didn't have the revivals. What were what, what they doing? They had different stuff that they did again. Because the stuff that the generation before them did made it possible for this generation to step into what the Lord wanted to release at that time. But we hold on to the old doctrines thinking they will bring forth life. They cannot. They were beautiful and perfect in their time. But don't keep on using the same recipe if you eat the same recipe every day or week at your house you're going to get fed up with that food it's not going to be that nice anymore I've said this so many times before every time the Lord moves the old dies it's got to die otherwise we keep on bringing the old stuff with us it's a pattern in your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. The old must die for the new to come in. Huh? Moses died. He didn't go into the promised land. There's lots of examples I can give you. The old must die so the new can come in. Because the new will hear again afresh what their generation needs to do for the Lord. This generation might birth it, but they're not going to walk in the fullness of it because this generation is going to walk in the fullness of that because they birthed it. 
But if they didn't birth it, there was nothing for them to walk in. So my question again is, what is our generation supposed to do? Sit in church? Pray for the sick? Cast out demons? Is that all we do? It's been done before. Is that all we're going to do? There's nothing wrong with any of the stuff I'm mentioning. But we made those things the focus. What is there for our generation? We don't even see the patterns in the Bible. We don't see the patterns that's continuing in our lives, that's in the Bible. That is because we don't know the person. We don't have relationships. That's why we don't pick these things up. We don't ask the Holy Spirit questions about these things. I said here, every generation must die because they cannot grasp the next move of God. Every generation must die because they had a thing that they had to grasp. So that the next generation can take what God's going to give them and walk in that. But the old one wants to die, must die. But if we look in our Bible at the stories that's written there and we look at our spiritual books, which is Genesis and Revelation. You cannot read those books if you don't understand the Holy Spirit talking to you. Those two books are very spiritual. If you want to read those books in your carnal mind, good luck. That's why you can go to Kum books. Most of the books they sell in Kum books is about those two books. Because it's been translated out of the carnal mind, without spirit. That's why there's so many opinions about those books. But there's going to be a generation, according to that book, that's going to start understanding stuff. Because he's allowing it to happen. Not because we're clever. He's allowing us to understand more. And if you look in the time, outside church religion, it's been happening for the last 50 years. It opened up. That the Spirit started opening up the Bible. Which was never done before. But oh, we don't know that because we're still stuck on the old doctrines every time. That we're getting taught. We don't ask the Lord, Lord, that, that I was taught there. Is there maybe something more to know about that thing now? That you want to teach me? That was beautiful. But is there more that I need to know about that thing? For the time I'm in now? Because that doctrine comes 80 years back or 50 years back. The previous generation. Out of that thing that they taught that was beautiful for their time, what do you want to tell me about that thing now here in this 2022 about that? Teach me. or I want to, I want to understand what I need to walk in that here now. I don't want the same thing again, guys. I don't know about you. I don't want the same things that the previous generation had. And they had awesome stuff. I mean, there's stuff that we haven't even seen that some of the previous generation did. But they died. So that you and I can step into the next thing. Just like the people died before then, the generation before then. What was known in the previous generation? Preaching to the millions. Big crusades. Huh? The last 30, 40 years. Wasn't that the thing? Billy Grahams, the guys that stood up. Big names. God allowed that. And it's still going to happen. But you will see it's going to go smaller and smaller. Because that was for a generation to wake them up. To see what remnants are going to come out of that. For the next move. He's not going to continue doing that. Have you noticed all the guys that did the millions is dead? Most of them, 99.9% are dead. Where's Reinhard Bonnke now? He's dead. Big names, Miles Monroe. You might not even know who that is. They died. I don't want the same that they had. 
And they had way more than I ever can dream of. Because God allowed it. But guys, I don't want the same that Reinhard Bonnke had. I don't want the same that they had. I want to know what is in this generation supposed to happen. We that's older supposed to birth this thing so that the young ones can take it. The new thing. And you will notice when the other one is at its peak, the Lord births the new thing slowly. While this one is running. Because the one that understands this one will grasp this one and ask the Lord will speak to them and they will hear it. It's been done like that since Genesis in your Bible. These names are mentioned from Moses, Adam, Reinhard Bonnke. All these names. They were faithful in their generation to do what the Lord asked. All of them. They heard what the Spirit was saying and they applied it. They were faithful. Are you and me, are we faithful in what the Lord's calling us to do? Forget about your problems, guys. We're always going to have them. Deal with them, in other words. That was, when I say forget about it, deal with them the best you can. Give it to the Lord and trust Him to work you through that. But don't put your focus on those things. I don't want the same. In spirit, there is no gender. In spirit, there's no age. Do you know that? It's just a qualification that He gives you. It's for everyone to walk in. Not the elect, the man of God or whatever you want to call it. It's not you're a woman or you're a man or you're 20 years old or you're 70 years old. It doesn't matter. You have a calling where you are in your workplace. You have a calling to ask the Lord, what is it here where I am? These things I'm asking the Lord, what to do next? In other words, how do you want me to do it? I don't have the answers yet for everything. But I can tell you this, there's one thing I'm playing with him. I said it must be new and fresh. It must be from his throne room, not mine. But there's something I ask him specifically that. It must be more than the previous generation had. Otherwise we're missing it. It's like the rain you're hearing. I don't want the little drops, I want that. That is what I'm crying to the Lord. I don't want to pray for healing like the previous generation and we struggle and we struggle and we struggle and the people, some are getting healed and some are not getting healed I don't want to cast out demons like the previous generation, struggle, struggle some come out, some don't come out and that was awesome and it was for a time it was there because it needed to be birthed but I'm asking now, Lord take us deeper in those things I want to do it like Jesus did. Speak a word and it happens. And He gets the glory, not us. That's why I want to, when we pray for people for healing, I want five people to pray for one person that no one of them gets the glory who healed that person when they prayed. I want Him to get the glory. Because one person prays one and they get healed and sometimes it feels like, ooh, you know, he's special. And that is going to happen also. I don't have a problem with that. But I want to be at that place where he gets all the glory. But he manifests Jesus in that person you're praying for. And that person has an encounter with the living God. And when that person opens up his Bible, he will meet the person and not scriptures because they did without the spirit 
I heard somebody explain it the other day, so beautiful. On what language is your Bible written? Huh? In what language is our Bible written? Afrikaans? English? Khosa? Hebrew? Greek? What, what language is your Bible written? But today, what do people focus on? Nieme Afrikaans, the Bible says sewer. Now the Hebrew says this. The word means this. And the Greek means this. And we focus on those things. I use Greek and Hebrew because we, it helps us. But that must not be your focus when you read the Bible. What is the focus when you read the Bible? The literal scripture is it written there? No. Yeah, you're right. There's only one language in your Bible. It's called the spirit language. One. You don't need the intellect for it. You don't need to study for it. It's for everyone. But the body of Christ, not 1% knows how to do that. They all use the intellect. That's why we have so many denominations. And they all think they're right. Your Bible has only got one language. It's spirit. That's why you receive the Holy Spirit in you so that you can understand the Bible. But most of us have got the spirit but we don't use the power, so we can't read the Bible, and it's just a thing you worship, and it's a book, it's dead. We need to hear what our generation must walk in. I don't want the same. These things you shall do, and greater. We all love quoting that verse. What does it mean, guys, when we say that as a body? Everywhere over the world. I want the greater, the more. Because that means there is going to be more. We haven't arrived yet. There is going to be more. Until the day of the Lord. When Jesus makes himself known on this earth. But he always does that through man. You. He does. He wants to do it through you. You might not walk in the fullness of that that he's going to do in our generation. Because for him to walk something out might take a thousand years. Our 80 years is a little drop. But he needs that drop to fall. I'm, I'm tired of struggling to, to pray for healings and stuff and it's not happening. And I will still do it because it's a commandment. But don't you have a hunger in you for more? I'm tired of sitting an hour, two hours to cast out a demon. I'm fed up with that. Because in the Bible it didn't work like that. I want the more. I'm not happy with what we have. Even though it's so beautiful. But I know there's more on the way. But it's going to take something from us to step into and get that hunger for that. And there's a lot of things the last months that the Lord's been talking to me about stuff. And I always say to him the same thing when he brings up this stuff in me. I don't want to do it like they did it before. It must be new, fresh, from the throne room. Otherwise, I don't want to do it. And that I say with respect to him. I don't want to be somebody that copies and pastes. Because the previous generations didn't do that. Why are we okay to do that? I want you to go think this week. When you have quiet time, when you speak with, with the author of that book, that's so beautiful. I mean, there's not a better book than the Bible, guys. If you've heard me through the Spirit, you would know what I'm talking about when I talk about the Bible. That's the most beautiful love story you can imagine in that book. But when you know the author that wrote it and why he wrote it the way he wrote it, 
Man, that's why it's the number one selling book in the world. And then you realize it's got spirit in it, a spiritual language in it. But it uses stuff like grass and flowers and dragons and sheep and mountains and palm trees and rivers and fish and bread as examples. And you start understanding what that all means. And the spirit opens up. You can't get a book to go study that stuff. But get to that place where you understand what the spirit is saying for this time. Yes, you still need to do your work. You still need to raise your kids. Like the previous generation did. But it's, what does he want our generation to walk in? And there's a couple of things we've pointed out that he's busy doing. Opening up. What's the first one I mentioned a lot of times? He's opening up relationships. How does he want it to be? And he's opening it up all over the world. His way of doing it. Not the world's way that we've applied. Nobody spoke about that 10 years ago. When the Lord started showing me these things and I started sharing it with Yanel, that was how many years ago? Nine years ago? The people wanted to crucify me for saying that stuff. That the Lord started showing me about how wrong relationships is in, the, in our lifetime, in this generation. And He wants to bring that correction in there. That's just one area. There's a lot of things that he's bringing in correction. The way his spirit's functioning, he's bringing correction for us to understand how he said it in your Bible, not like we were taught in the churches over the years. He's bringing correction in that so that we can apply it correctly. But most don't know this stuff. Because why? They're staying stuck in the old doctrines. Because this is what I was said, this is how it's going to be. He's alive, breathing, he's speaking. If we only read the Bible, we will not hear Him. We need to talk to the person. He will open up the Scripture. Not read the Scripture only. And like I said, there's not a more beautiful book to read than the Bible. But get to that place where you can ask Him, what do you want us to walk in? So that the next generation can walk in it. Deeper, more intimate, that's why we are body, because you've got to be with people to learn together, share together what the next generation has done. We're not lone rangers doing your own thing. Because you need to be accountable, guys. Otherwise, you will not do anything. We all need to be. I'm finished. Guys, when I talk to him, I cry, I want more. When I say I want more, it's not for me. They don't have to know about me. It's about Him. But there needs to be more to this Christianity thing than what we used to at the moment. That we're seeing in churches at the moment. And they're all trying their best. But we need to see a breakthrough coming for a next generation to step into deeper things than the previous one. I don't want the next 80 years to look like the previous 80 years. Because it was dead, even though a lot of things happened. Religion was on the forefront of most of that stuff. And a small little bit of that stuff stayed true and pure. But we're getting to that place where a young generation is going to stand up and hear the Lord. But you need to be open to listen, be corrected, be transformed in the inside. So that you can step into the next thing. Because you know the old, you can step into the new. There's nothing wrong with the old. You need the old to step into the new. They needed Moses to get into the promised land. They needed Saul to see how God works with David. But that next level, I believe we're at the brink of what he's going to move in next. Like he did the last 200 years with the revivals, there's something next coming, a next move that he's going to move. And we need to be close to him like John, with your head on his chest, to hear what he's going to speak. Otherwise, we're going to miss it and we're going to end up the same as the previous generation.
doing the same thing Sunday for Sunday, week in and week out. Get a hunger in you to ask Him, what is it you want us to look into? How does the Spirit work? Those that know me for years know when I teach about the spiritual stuff, how that can take something and make it alive so you can understand to apply it now, not an old story going through the Red Sea. What does it mean? You need to know what it means now. Because then you can apply that now, because that's where the Lord will open it up now. And I know there's stuff that the Lord's told me I must walk in, but I'm not ready for it yet. Because I want Him to do a, a perfect work in me for that thing. Because I don't want it to look like Vanna. It must be Him. I want to be at that place where you go walk past the hospital, you touch the brick wall and you pray and people get healed. And they don't know who touched the brick wall. They don't need to. Because the one getting healed will know who healed them. No effort, but relational. Because he told me to go do that. And nobody knows I was even at the hospital. Or you were even wherever. We've been asking for these things for years. But are you ready to step into those things and, and, and have a burning desire for those things? You talk to somebody and they want the Lord. Because what they see in you, they want. That's why we can't walk in our struggles. We can't show our struggles, even though we all will have them. We've got to show Jesus when we walk. That's why we need to get born again and understand what it truly means. You are impregnated with Christ. He's growing inside of you. You've got to become like your master. And to become like him, you need people around you to teach you, guide you, help you. And you need the teacher. Can't have the one without the other. Because that's also wrong. Get that hunger where you say, I want more. I'm not happy with what I want. I don't want the next generation to walk in the same problems I walked in. The same issues I walked in. I want them to get victory. But I need to walk correctly for them to step into victory for what they need to walk in. But we are at the point in time where the Lord's opening up scripture more and more through his spirit. Because he's saying something to the body that will listen. The remnant that will listen to his spirit. And not stay stuck in doctrines. You know what I call old doctrines, eh? Dove dung. We spoke about that before. Stop being happy with old dove dung. Davimus. It was good for a time, but it's not now. Alright. So get excited in your spirit. Get a hunger for what we, what we seek. Because you cannot do it in your power. You can only do it in His. And in His timing, He will release it. But in your hunger, you must seek it. Nowhere in the Bible did He every time explain everything He said. Even sometimes when they asked Him something, He said, I will tell you. Most of the time He says, you need to go seek this to understand this. Because it's spirit language. Paul only spoke like that. But we don't hear that anymore today. We just hear how good man is. And how he can bless you. And there's a place for all those things, but that's not what it's about. It's all about him. So this week in your quiet time, get real with him and ask him. Beg it on your knees that you can be part of what he's going to do next. That you will hear and can be part of that. That we don't miss it in this generation. Because in this time, we're at the new place, but we're at the biggest place where we want to keep doing the things the same way. Bigger and better. Bigger and better churches. 
The next one was, if I can be bigger than that church on the corner there, I want to be bigger here, and this one I want to be bigger than that one in that country here, and have a better idea, and have more. It's not going to work, guys. There was a time for that, but it's not what it's about. And you can still have that, but that's not the focus. It's not about numbers, it's about a person. And we need to get real to see, are we there? Are we there yet? Yeah? How the donkey saying Shrek, are we there yet? Irritate the Lord with that question. Like donkey did in that little wagon thing there. Ask him, are we there yet, Lord? Because I want to be there. Do that. And see what he answers you. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe to our channel and make sure to click the bell notification button to get any notifications when we upload a new video. Stay blessed.